Welcome back to the Straight Up Sports Talk podcast, our Super Bowl edition. Thanks for tuning in. As always, I'm Grant Covey, Sam Thillman across the table. Sam, it's Super Bowl week. We finally made it. Super Bowl is going to be played on time. It's going to be fantastic. We finally made it to this point, and uh, I'm ready for the big game. I'm ready for this this game to happen. I think it's going to be a great mm-hmm. game um, between you know the quarterbacks and, and just the two teams that are just great on on all sides of the ball. Yeah, I I think this was a Super Bowl that everybody wanted once we saw who was playing the conference round. I think we wanted to see Tom Brady versus Pat Mahomes. Who who knows how many years uh, Tom Brady is going to be left? The last thing I saw, he he's considering playing past forty five, which is just ridiculous at this point. But yeah, should be a fun one. Hopefully, it lives up to the hype. The last Patriots Super Bowl didn't really turn out the best, the ten to three score. So hopefully, this one's a lot a, a lot better Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, it, it's going to be a good one. I think uh, Chiefs trying to go back to back. Um, and in Tampa playing in their home stadium the first time that has ever happened, it's got to be. I mean, how big of that is a how big of it is a factor, you know, to play in your home stadium um, for the Super Bowl? It's never been done before, but uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, you know if if there is a difference there. Yeah, I th- I think home field advantage is into account we've never had this before the first time that a team has played in their home stadium in the super bowl so it'll be interesting to see if that plays a factor but i think it should be relatively same atmosphere i'm sure there will be a lot of cheese fans as well there should be relatively um uh even there so we'll just have to wait and see i think i think it'll be interesting to see how the home field advantage kind of plays into the game yeah it will be i think what's different too you know about this super bowl it being you know, uh, COVID situation and everything. I believe that the Chiefs are still in Kansas City. Normally, the teams would go down for the whole week before media and PR appearances and whatnot. Um, but I believe that the Chiefs are still in Kansas City and they are flying out on Saturday ahead of Sunday's game. So that is different too. You know, the Chiefs were able to stay in their own practice facility and practice all week. Uh, which could, you know, factor in, um, and I'm sure they'll get a practice in uh, down in Tampa before the game. But that that is something that I saw was interesting, um, that the Chiefs are still in Kansas City. I I think that's interesting. What I saw was interesting. Uh, The score did a survey, and 13% of fans think the Super Bowl doesn't count no matter who wins. And which is which is just a little confusing to me, considering we had a couple of postponements, but every single game – got played so I I really don't see what the angle they're going for there yeah I don't don't know why it wouldn't be Val we we played a whole season Mm -hmm. I mean we we did they literally did not miss a game every team played all the games there was no cancellations in the playoffs where a team advanced because another team couldn't play Uh, yeah there was a few assistants where players were out but I don't mm-hmm. see why this Super Bowl is any different. I mean, we, we played in the circumstances that we were given. It's the same reason, you know, that the NBA Finals and, and the NHL um, Finals and the MLB World Series are all valid because you played in the climate that was given, you know, to you. You, you didn't uh, alter or adjust it to benefit you. Mm-hmm. Um, now, did the situation benefit you? Maybe a little bit, but, mm-hmm. you know, 
you you played in the circumstances that were you played the mm-hmm. the, the cards that were dealt to you, and mm-hmm. you know this is a perfectly uh, valid Super Bowl. We we played a whole season and made it this far. Yeah, I agree. I think the only injury the Chiefs have really had to deal with was Eric Fisher getting hurt last game with the I believe Achilles or ACL injury, so he's not going to be available. But other than that, both both of these teams have been relatively healthy. I know Chris Godwin's been hurt throughout the season. Mike Evans been dealing with a little bit of injuries, but these both teams may have had an advantage in that sense where they haven't had a lot of uh, COVID players or a lot of players get hurt. But hey, you you have to deal with what you what you're dealt with, like you said. And I think this Super Bowl is completely valid, more so than I would even say the, the NBA Finals would be because there wasn't a break. There, people didn't move into a bubble. It was the same exact season, just with a few hiccups along the way, minor, that we got through. Yeah, for sure. I, and the reason I say that the Chiefs aren't in Tampa yet, I was trying to find some stats to back it up. So Adam Schefter put out a tweet um, that there was over 20 players and staffers, including quarterback Patrick Mahomes, uh, scheduled – Uh, on Sunday to get a haircut with a barber who tested positive. The Chiefs um, pulled the barber mid-cut on this guy. Uh, Chief Center Daniel Kilgore was mid-haircut when this guy was notified that he was, in fact, positive. Um, But uh, Schefter says that Kilgore has tested negative and can return Saturday, fly with the team, and play on Sunday. So that's what made me believe that the Chiefs are still in Kansas City. Now, the big thing that we need to be concerned about is Daniel Kilgore and did he get his haircut finished? I don't. I don't think he did. I. He I, could be having s- a wacky hair job on Sunday, Sam. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Did you see his uh, profile picture? All you can pull it up, um, Daniel Kilgore. Yeah, you can see his. That is hilarious. Yeah. But um, that doesn't look real. I don't think that's real. Oh, you don't think that's real? Maybe. Maybe it's not. Maybe he just like shaved it off. Like real quick afterward, because I mean, at that point, you might as well just shave it off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it doesn't look real. It looks like he like photoshopped in that hair on his head. It does not look that that real to me, unless he was shaving his head for the Super Bowl. I guess maybe. Oh, he said he told the barber barber to finish since he was already a close contact, so that was photoshopped. Yeah, but uh, I I thought I thought it was interesting that barber story because. Why didn't they test the guy before they had one of their players in? And why didn't they get the results before they let the players? Because right. it, it was 20 players scheduled. So imagine Mahomes would have gotten COVID because of his barber and couldn't play. Like, come on. Yeah, that, that's interesting because, you know, he was, it did sound like he was tested before, but he, he didn't get his results mm-hmm. back until mid-haircut. So, yeah, that's interesting. How that played out, but anyways, all Chiefs players and all Buccaneers players at this point on Thursday afternoon should be good to go for Sunday. Uh, obviously, last year we had the, you know the matchup uh, Chiefs and the 49ers. This matchup is a little different, Sam. I think both teams um, on offense are a little better uh, than they were a year ago, including the Chiefs. I mean, they were an offensive juggernaut last season, but I think they've added some pieces that have made them better this season. Um, and the Buccaneers, yes, they're a defensive kind of oriented team, but their offense is just as good. Yeah, I would I would say so. The, I would say the Bucks are, have a better offense than what the 49ers were bringing to the table. I'd say the Buccaneers' defense is a little bit regressed from the 49ers, 
But you can't sleep on both of these defenses. The Chiefs are really good. They they're led by Tyron Matthew and that just uh, that that basically underrated defense. The Buccaneers have several uh, stout linebackers. They have they have uh, a stout secondary. Even though these offenses are really good, you can't take these defenses for granted. Yeah, what normally happens, you know, when when we talk about a good uh, two good offensive teams, we expect it to be a great offensive game. It normally turns into a defensive battle. So it'll be interesting to see how this game plays out. If I was to tell you, Sam, at the beginning of the season, we'd be seeing Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes playing for a Super Bowl. You probably would have called me crazy. The Chiefs part I would have believed, and you probably would have believed, but the Buccaneers, they were pretty heavy on them preseason to get mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl. But as the season went on, you know, they kind of faded a little bit. But they got here. I, I think I think the one thing we've learned past these these twenty years or whatever that Tom Brady's been around is you can't count against Tom Brady in the playoffs ever. Even when he's bringing the Buccaneers to what a ten and six season, you can't count him out when it comes to playoff time. I thought he was going to lose against the Packers. I the Washington Football Team almost beat him, and now he has a he's an underdog once again against this uh, mighty Chiefs team who we all who most of us expect to win except Mattress Joe or whatever who bet three million dollars on the bucks to win whatever the case is everybody's counting off tom brady but he may be able to get it done because last time they were in the playoffs tom brady won that matchup he did indeed so we'll we'll see it's going to be very interesting and i'm I'm excited for for this uh, super bowl matchup on sunday um i had a super bowl commercial ruined for me the other day sam so apparently dolly parton is uh teaming up with uh, Squarespace to do a commercial. I was listening to the radio and, and she like redid her 9 to 5 song and now it's like she, it's, she's singing in this commercial and it's like working 5 to 9 because mm-hmm. Squarespace or whatever you work less. I don't really yeah, know. I it's don't a know. whole thing um, that kind of ruined, uh, ruined that for me. I was excited when I was listening to the radio. I was like, all right, Dolly Parton mm-hmm. remaking 9 to 5, one of my favorite songs uh, from her. And now it's kind of kind of been ruined. There's also going to be a BMW commercial. I know that. And then there's also going to be one from the Indiana Department of Health on that, featuring like a UND player. I know. I know those two commercials are going to be there. Yeah, they're uh, featuring um, UND um, Paul Logan's son, who goes to UND now. Uh, Paul Logan, North Central Athletic Director in Indianapolis, that uh, passed away early on in April from uh, COVID-19. So uh, they're airing a commercial on that. It's going to be interesting. I think the Super Bowl commercials, uh, they might be lacking a little bit this year, Sam, because mm-hmm. of coronavirus. They weren't able to record maybe as normal. So we might be a little disappointed on Sunday night. But, I mean, we're not, We're not. let's be honest, we're not there to watch the the commercials at the end of the day. I'm, at least I'm not. I'm not, but most people are. Yeah. And uh, another thing, I'm not like I'm not a person who just looks forward to the halftime show with uh, what is it the weekend this year? So I mean, it is what it is. If the commercials are good, great. Like the the one year they had the uh, spider monkey baby or whatever Mountain Dew puppy monkey baby. I still remember that. Uh, the M and M's have a, had a couple of good commercials over the years. I mean, if they're good, they're good. But if not, like j- let's just hope that uh, the Super Bowl is good. Yeah, let's hope um, should be a uh, should be uh, pretty decent on the commercial front, but it might be might be a little down. Uh, you'll have your traditional Budweiser commercial; that's always a good one. You'll have Doritos and Mountain Dew and Pepsi and whatnot. Um, 
So we'll see. It's going to be interesting um, on that aspect of it. I can't wait for the Super Bowl. It's kind of what we look forward to all year. That and March Madness, which is coming up. March Madness is going to be here before we know it, Sam. Um, so let's transition over to the hardwood here just for a minute. College basketball, I think uh, this year is going to be interesting. We've said it a lot. I think Baylor and Gonzaga are the top two teams. Um, IU is struggling as normal, losing games they shouldn't and winning games or losing games that they uh, shouldn't lose and winning games that they shouldn't. Um, so, what's your take? What's your take on uh, college basketball to this point of the season, having watched uh, over a couple months now uh, of college basketball? I'm I'm really loving these games. Every every game I've watched from the Big Twelve to the Big Ten is coming down to the wire, and I love it. I was watching the. Um, the uh, Oklahoma, I, I forget who they were playing, Oklahoma, I believe it was Texas Tech. It came down the wire. Texas Tech pulled out in a few moments. I was watching West Virginia. They almost got beat by a, uh, a, a kind of terrible Iowa State game uh, by an Iowa State team. We've seen Drake's emergence. We've seen Gonzaga just, just do things unimaginable. We've seen Michigan, who despite their pause, still look to be phenomenal. I just love all this just kind of parody in the, the college basketball landscape. We have a lot of teams that normally aren't in the, the the basketball landscape kind of make it. We've seen Houston is now a projected two seed. When when would we ever think of that? We've seen we've seen a St. Louis team eleven seed. We've seen a Wofford fourteen seed. It's it's just fun to watch all around. And uh, Houston led by former IU basketball coach Calvin Sampson. So that's uh, interesting. I know I've heard from a few you know Indiana residents that are. Uh, I have mixed feelings about uh, Houston's success under Calvin Sampson. Um, but when you look at IU real quick, Archie Miller, who is in his fourth season now, this was, to me, it was a make-it-or-break-it season for him. Um, and so far he's breaking it. Uh, what, what's your take? I, I think they got to move on from Archie um, after this season if they can't make a tournament run um, or even make the tournament because – the, the ups and downs of IU basketball. I mean, you go beat Iowa, then you lose at home to Rutgers, and, and, and you lost to Illinois the other night. You squandered away um, a game against, against Illinois. So what's your take on IU basketball to this point in the season? Uh, just disappointing, really. Archie Miller, from the beginning, I've said this on the podcast, I've said this from when he was hired, he's not the right guy. What IU does a great job is finding people who can recruit. You think of Tom Crean, you think of Archie Miller. What they don't do is put good teams out there. I mean, Romeo Langford was supposed to be a top-five pick. He fell all the way to, what, 13th, 14th in the NBA draft? Like, Romeo Langford was supposed to be it. Now, Trace Jackson Davis is probably going to be a, a high draft pick in the NBA. But what they need to do is recruit outside shooters, and you can get all the five-star power forwards you want. But if you don't have three-point shooters to space the floor, that's been IU's issue all the way dating back to uh, the Yogi Ferrell uh, era, the Jordan Holes era. They had three-point um uh, shooters. When Christian Watford hit that three to beat Kentucky, he's a three-point shooter. You had Will Sheehy who could th- shoot three-point shooters. And what I used gone away from is getting those guys who can space the floor and just jam-packing a bunch of talent in the lane, and it doesn't work. Yeah, you're exactly right. You hit the nail right on the head there. And, you know, the IU, I mean, Christian Lander's a decent three-point shooter. I mean, he's, he's pretty good. One of the best on the team, probably. But, um, you got to find more creative ways to score the basketball. It feels like IU goes into the game with an offensive game plan. If it doesn't work, they kind of just fold up the shop. So 
I think, you know, going into a game with multiple game plans and finding just different ways to get the ball to the basket, I think is going to be critical if IU wants to turn this around here in the back half of the season. Yeah, it's it's going to be challenging, though. They got a game against Iowa, their second game. They got against a game against Northwestern, which they should be able to get done, and then a game against Ohio State. So two of your next three games are against top ten ranked teams. You're at least going to have to win one of those two games between Iowa and Ohio State if you want to remain relevant. Jill Lenardi have the, have them as the 11 seed right now, but they're on the bubble so far, four and six in conference. I, you're obviously not going to win the the Big Ten tournament, but at least you got to put on a respectable face to at least be a bubble team at best. Yeah, you're exactly right, and they're set up here, like you mentioned. You know, two out of the next three games against top ten opponents, they're set up. If they, you know, go get quad one wins and go get big resume building wins. If you can beat Iowa and Ohio State, that sets you up big uh, down the stretch. Minnesota, who's kind of been lackluster this season. Um, if you can go in and, you know, even just win one of those games, I think would be huge. Um, but if you can somehow get both, you're, you'll be set up pretty well uh, come Big Ten tournament time and come NCAA tournament time. Uh, when you look at at their resume. And what's interesting is I saw this morning that the Big Ten tournament is going to be moving from Chicago to Indianapolis. So if Indiana can't do something there, like like I don't know what to tell you. If they can't get some some quality wins here and then do something in the Big Ten tournament, this season is just a disappointment for all the talent you have on your squad from the two five-stars you recruited to Trace Jackson Davis and the Beast. He is going to be probably going to leave after this season, let's be realistic. And, and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if they can't do anything with what they have for the remaining season. It will be interesting to see. Uh, let's flip back over to the big game on Sunday, Sam. Uh, targets of football. We've got our uh, lock it down segment, Sam. You're 20 and 18. I'm 19 and 19. Uh, last week in the, or two weeks ago rather, in the divisional round, um, you had the Packers minus three against the Bucks. That didn't obviously hit. I had the Bills plus three against the Chiefs, and that didn't hit. I thought the Bills might be going to the Super Bowl, um, and I thought they were had the potential to get it done against the Chiefs. Clearly, I was wrong. So I got to win this week, and you got to lose if we want to tie in our in our rankings. Sam, we're going to pick uh, two two games uh, or two uh, items from the Super Bowl. Now, Sam, we were going through before the podcast. The amount of prop bets that you can make for the Super Bowl is absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. There is so many prop bets that you can make. I mean, you can bet on coin toss, you know, heads or tails. You can bet on okay, does a coin toss winner win the game? Does a does the team who calls the coin toss win the coin toss? If they do, do they receive or kick? Mm-hmm. It's so many prop bets, and you know you can even bet on will a field goal or an extra point hit an upright. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I, there's so much that you can bet on. I'm sure sportsbooks will be cashing in big time this weekend. Oh, I'm sure. I saw a thing that says even though overall betting is going to be down, mobile betting has increased by just exponentially. So. It's sports books, even if they're taking a loss in real life, online they're going to be making it huge with the number of people who are just going to be on FanDuel or DraftKings or whatever the deal is, just making bets. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's it's going to be um, a big night for them, I'm sure of it, um, unless you know every uh, somebody wins every single bet. <laughs> that never happens. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Sam, uh, we'll start. You give me one of your best prop bets uh, for the Super Bowl 
this weekend? Uh, I'll start with Darrell Williams under 29 and a half rushing yards. He's he's the third rushing. Uh, he's the third back with uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire back, Le'Veon Bell back. The the regular season game in which the Bucks and the Chiefs played, he didn't have any rushing yards. I think that's a sign for the game. I think he's used a lot in pass protection, just not so much in the rushing attack. I like 29 and a half unless he for some reason breaks off a 30-yard run for some reason. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily like that under 29 and a half. I mean, the, the Chiefs have shown that they can use three or four backs all season. And, you know, it might be his day against the Chiefs. I don't know what he had last time out uh, when they played the Bucks, But um, I, just, I just feel like that it, it might be a heavy rushing game. And, and I know we have two passing quarterbacks, but it just feels like that in this game, we could see a lot of run teams trying to slow down the game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I necessarily don't like that because, you know, it, it could take, you know, one or two mm-hmm. uh, big rushes um, to kind of spark that. Darrell Williams did not play mm-hmm. the last time out when the Chiefs played the Bucks, so we don't have anything to go off of there. But, nevertheless, the leading rusher for Kansas City was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He had 37 rushing yards. So maybe there, mm-hmm. there might be hope there, Sam. There might be. We'll see. All right, my first prop bet of the uh, weekend. We'll go with Travis Kelsey over 98.5 receiving yards. That is a lot for a tight end, but but Kelsey has just been absolutely dominant in the playoffs. The last time they played, uh, Kelsey had 82 receiving yards. I think he goes off for a little bit more than that. You can see Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski battling it out. Gronkowski was the leading receiver last time. Um, uh, for the Bucks when they played. Tyreek Hill had 269 receiving yards uh, when the Chiefs played the Bucks last time. But, you know, that's all water under the bridge at this point. I think Kelsey goes off for a big game. Maybe Super Bowl MVP? I don't Maybe. know. They normally give it to the quarterback, but if Kelsey goes off... I mean, Edelman yards, won it with the Patriots yeah. the last time they were in the Super Bowl. Deion Branch won it a year, like one year. Anything can happen. I think if the Bucks win, it'll go to Tom Brady automatically, as long as he has mm-hmm. you know not you know a little above average game. I think it'll go to Tom Brady because what he's done coming to Tampa, getting that uh, going and taking them to the Super Bowl. I think he would win. If the Chiefs win, I don't think they give it to Patrick Mahomes. We'll see. Unless he just goes off for you know an amazing performance, I think they'll look to give it to a uh, to a receiver. Um, or running back, potentially. So that's what I think is going to happen on, in terms of the MVP front. Maybe we'll see. I, I kind of like the underdog in that Tyreek Hill. I feel like he's going to have a big game, even though I didn't have him as one of my bets. I feel like a lot of people are focusing on Kelsey, but Hill has monster game. He had 200 yards against the Bucks the last time they played. He, he's a big factor in that offense, and I, I think he, he might be a dark horse to win that MVP, but you can't you can't forget about him. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think uh, to see you know what what player is going to kind of stand out because there'll be one that you don't expect to, to mm-hmm. kind of stand out. Super Bowl there always is. All right, Sam, your second best bet of the weekend for uh, Super Bowl prop bets. 
I went with one that is, I think, a little bit more risky in my mind since Darrell Williams is the backup running back for the Chiefs, and that is Mike Evans over 63.5 receiving yards. I feel like this is going to be a big offense game, and in order for the Bucks to have a big offensive showing, you're going to need your best receiver to be involved, and that's Mike Evans. I think 63.5 is pretty bargain for what Mike Evans puts on the field. You do have other weapons, which kind of freaks me out, and uh, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Cameron Bray, you got your running backs, of course. But I think he can at least get 64 receiving yards. The Chiefs defense, even as I mentioned, is good. But to stop Mike Evans, I think he put himself in the conversation of top five receivers uh, in the league currently. So you got to put out after putting yourself on that uh, pedestal. So I think 63.5 is uh, pretty reasonable for him to hit. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I, I think uh, that he's going to have a big game. He's been steady all season long for, for Tampa, and I think Tom Brady's going to rely on him and Gronkowski a lot to get the job done in terms of receiving. So, yeah, I definitely like that. Uh, 63 and a half, you might get that in the first half, um, but we'll see. I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, my second best bet is Patrick Mahomes to be the first quarterback to be sacked. Yes, you can bet on who will be the first quarterback sacked. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes for the pure fact that their offensive line is a little shaky coming into this game. I think that the Buccaneers' pass rush is very good. Yes, Mahomes is very elusive with his feet and his legs, but I think that uh, he'll be the first quarterback to be sacked um, in this game. Just plain and simple. That's just, you know, Hart, Hart said uh, Mahomes will be the first one sacked, so that's what we're rolling with. The only reason I don't like that is – the the defensive coordinator for when the the I think it was it was the seventeen fourteen Giants uh, Patriots Super Bowl when the defense just wrecked havoc on the the Tom Brady was the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs and Steve Spagnola so I think I think like you said Mahomes is very elusive but I think Steve Spagnola he's played against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl he knows how to put pressure on him. I think I think Tom Brady is the first quarterback to be sacked, but I wouldn't be surprised with their new left tackle if Mahomes was to take a sack early. We'll see. Tom Brady is two and three against Steve Spagnuolo hmm. all time, so we'll we'll see how that plays in. All right, who's winning this game, Sam? This is not a part of our official picks. Hmm. Just who's winning the game? No spreads. Just who wins this game straight up Super Bowl? I mean. I don't want to bet against Tom Brady, but can you bet against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? That's the problem. I'm going to go with the favorite Chiefs. I feel like it's the easy pick. It's the obvious pick, but I'm going to go with the, the Chiefs. I'll, I'll even give a score prediction. I'm going to go 31-24 Chiefs. All right. That's bold. Um, yeah, like you said, it's hard to bet against Tom Brady, but it's even harder, I think, to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go Chiefs. I I don't know if that'll be my official pick come Sunday, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I think they've been really good all season. I think they get it done back-to-back times, even though Tom Brady is at home. I, I just think the Chiefs are too good. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, Sam, anything else you want to uh, mention before we head out here this afternoon? Um, not, not really. Uh, it was fun going to our first Ball State basketball game this uh, past week on Tuesday. I'm going to the one on Saturday at home against uh, Toledo, which we'll, we'll probably lose, let's be honest. Uh, they're, they're just looking incredible this season. But, yeah, it, it, was, it was fun to go to that game. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Ball State for allowing us to go to the game. So they allow 500 students in. Um, it's been great to, to, to go. So hopefully uh, we'll get to go to many more in the future. All right, for Sam Tillman, I'm Grant Kobe. Have a great day. Follow us on Twitter, Straight Up Sports Talk on Twitter, and we'll talk to you next time.